Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Right, as Katie said, it's, uh, it's Christmas is coming, and um, we're starting today our series on Advent. Advent liturgically starts uh, on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. So there's four Sundays before Christmas. I hope you're getting ready, okay? We're on the countdown. The word Advent means uh, arrival. It means arrival. And so the season of Advent is all about preparing our hearts, our churches, for the arrival of Christ at Christmas time. So it's a time of preparation, a time of celebration, a time of, a time of getting ready. One of the first things you notice about this time of year is people start to put up their Christmas lights. Yeah? Anybody got in their road any Christmas lights going up already? Yeah? A few have gone early with their decorations. Uh, Some people like to go all in like this house in Dover. Ooh, yeah? What do we think about that one? Too much was the shout from over here. Yeah, it's definitely full on, isn't it? It's definitely full on. Um... How about this one? A bit more contemporary, a bungalow in Birchington. Oh, I like that one. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. That one actually won the best decorated bungalow a few years ago, would you believe? Who knew it was a competition? But there it is. That got the, uh, got the vote for the best. I think it's a little bit minimalist. Yeah, subtle. If you've got a boat, you can decorate that as well. That's Ramsgate Harbour. So... Uh, Lights going up everywhere this time of year. So, lights. Let's have a quick poll on different sorts of lights. Who likes coloured lights? Oh, my word. Okay. Oh, it was almost like, oh, no, no, coloured. Depends where. Are you talking on a tree? On a tree, on your house? Oh, no, no. Okay. Who likes uh, white lights? Okay. Let's split this room then. Who likes... Warm white lights. <laughs> Who likes cool white lights? Oh, less so. Less so. Okay. Um, how about lights that should be put on the naughty step and never used on your house? Okay. Blue lights. Red lights. <laughs> Green lights? Yeah. Who likes flashing lights? No, 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 no. A lot, a lot of strong opinions around the lights uh, at this time of year. Lights at Christmas are very pretty and we love to look at them, but they're also symbolic. Lights at this time of year are symbolic. Christmas Day is close to one of the shortest days of the year, the the winter solstice. And uh, that happens uh, this year on the 22nd of December. You say yes, then? Yeah, because it means we're coming up to spring. <laughs> oh, we're coming up to spring as we go towards the darkest day. Of the... Okay. So as the earth you know, is tilted away from the sun, we get this very, very short day uh, in December. In fact, on the 22nd of December, you'll get just, well, the sun will rise at two minutes to eight, and it will set again at 11 minutes to four. And that's the end of your day. Just less than eight hours of daylight at this time of year in December. Compare that to a summer's day, the summer solstice, you get nearly 16 hours 
of sunlight. And that's why you feel it if you suffer with a lack of sunlight in the winter. It, does, it is really as dark as you think it is. And that's why at this time of year, Christmas is, a, is it set at a really dark time in our season. So historically, people have tried to light that up with the use of light. Uh, candles, lanterns, and now obviously electric lights and LED lights. And we can just go big with the lights to try and brighten up this season, which is actually a very, very dark season. And those lights that we turn on, they bring us a sense of comfort, they bring us a sense of joy, they bring us a sense of hope for the returning sunshine uh, when the spring comes. And as we look around at all the Christmas lights that we see, um, we can create a schism in our hearts around kind of a secular Christmas and a, a sacred Christmas. You know, as all these decorations going up, all these Santas and flashing lights and reindeers, and we're trying to kind of hang on to the centrality of Jesus in the midst of this season. But I want to try and over this next few weeks draw these things together because even though there is a secular celebration going on at Christmas time, many of the things that happen at Christmas are rooted in the origins of the Christian faith. This idea of light coming into the world to lighten up the darkness, the sense of uh, giving gifts of generosity, uh, gathering together, the, the sense of eating together and celebrating all those things have their origins in the Christian faith. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks during this Advent series looking at how we basically bring these things together. We bring these things together. We don't create this kind of sacred, sacred and secular divide in our hearts. And today I want to focus on this theme of decoration. Decoration. So we talked about how we decorate the exterior of our homes with lights. We decorate our trees with lights and decorations. Today I want to talk about how we decorate the interior of our lives during Advent. What can we do in the interior decoration during the Christmas season? How can we light up the rooms of our soul? How can we decorate the walls of our heart, if you like? How can we bring some of that, what's happening outside, into our interior lives? One of my favourite things to do at Christmas is to walk along a street when it's dark and cold and crisp and peer into all the windows not in a weird way. <laughs> but you walk along and you can see the people who've left their curtains open and you can see into these kind of lovely warm sort of settings with Christmas trees all lit up and, and you imagine the, you know, the warmth and the love in that room and uh, it's just a, lov- a lovely way of seeing kind of Christmas shining out of the windows in the darkness. It kind of gives me a glimpse into the heart of the house and I love that sense at Christmas time. And light's always been symbolic throughout history, uh, particularly for people of the Christian faith. When the Israelites made their mobile temple, the tabernacle, they uh, constructed a lamp called the menorah. The menorah was a seven-branched lamp that burned uh, in the holy place in the tabernacle, this mobile temple of God's presence. I thought I'd show you a quick uh, video of what the menorah looked like. So in the holy place, there was this lamp that burned seven branches to symbolize God's presence. And the priest's job was to keep this lamp continually fed with oil and continually lit. It was the only source of light uh, in, this, in this dark, holy space. Call the menorah. The menorah in Hebrew just means lamp, or chandelier. So it's not a fancy name. It's just the name that was given to this particular light that was kept burning and Aaron and his sons, their job was to, um, to tend this lamp 
and keep this lamp burning before the Lord all day, all night, a symbol of the presence of God uh, in that holy place. And that, that lamp was a symbol that God's kind of presence and light wasn't going to go out, wasn't going to depart from the Israelites, was going to continually be with them, burning brightly. And as we think about decorating our homes with lights this year, I'd like to think about decorating our hearts maybe in a similar way with the symbolism that we have here with the menorah. How could we bring the light of God's presence into our hearts continually over this season? It says this in Psalm 18, 28. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And there's an interesting reversal here, isn't there? Because it says by the psalmist that it's the Lord who keeps the lamp burning rather than the priest keeping the lamp burning. He's he's reversed things here. And the sense of God who's continually turning our darkness into light by his presence. And Christmas can be a challenging time, can't it? It can be a time with lots of pressure, lots of stress, all wrapped up. It can be a time when we're, we're struggling um, to make ends meet, to meet the demands, the, the, all the commercial demands that seem to be around us, trying to figure out how to do it well, how to manage relationships, how to manage families that maybe haven't come together for a long time. There's a lot of stress there, and there can be a lot of unmet expectations happening at Christmas time. And if you find yourself struggling at any time, maybe this is a great psalm to meditate on. Lord, you keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And in the midst of the dark season, God can be present in the interior of our lives, bringing his light and his love and reminding us that his presence in our lives is continual. It continues to burn brightly. Psalm 36 says this, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Which I think is again a beautiful, interesting phrase. The sense here is that God's illumination is the light by which we see everything else. His is the primary light that gives light to everything else. God's light is the best light to see Christmas by. If you're wondering how to view Christmas this year, then God's light is the best light to to, to see it by, to illuminate it by. All the other lights that go up around us are great and they bring us joy, but it's God's light that is the best light to see Christmas by. It gives us the best perspective in the midst of all the busyness that's going on around us. So as you put up your Christmas tree lights this year, as you put up your decorations on the outside of your house or maybe in your garden, remember that it's God's light primarily that you want to be focusing on. As you decorate the exterior of your houses, as you decorate your trees, think about how you can decorate and illuminate the interior of your life. Can you hang lights in your soul as you hang them up in your house? How might you do this this year? How might you bring light to your soul? Or maybe as you put your lights up, you simply take time to pray at the same time. Turn down Michael Bublé for a moment and, um, and just pray. Just say, God, you know, as I'm decorating my home, as I'm decorating my tree, I want to decorate my soul with your light this year. I want to have your light present strongly in me during this Christmas 
season. You might want to give thanks to God for the light that he's brought into your life. There might be things that have happened over the year you can bring back to mind and, and thank God for things that he's come and done or shown you or acted. It's a great time as you're decorating your home and preparing for Christmas to bring those things back to Jesus and say thank you. Thank you for your light that's been present with me throughout this year. Let that light illuminate your soul. <clears throat> you may want to create a special arrangement in your house. Maybe uh, something that's symbolic, that's, that's maybe a special candle or a special light that reminds you in the midst of all the busyness that actually it's Jesus that's the heart of Christmas. It's Jesus that uh, is the true light. And something that will just bring you back in the midst of all the turkey and the presents and the TV and the games and the, the tiredness and the busyness. It'll just, when you see it, when you reflect on it, it'll bring you back and remind you about the light of God that is truly present in you and in Christmas. So maybe you could think about what might that look like for you? We've got a little heart we hang on the top of our Christmas tree rather than putting a fairy up there. And it just says Jesus is the heart of Christmas. And it just reminds us that actually that's what the whole thing is all about. That's what the whole season and the whole day is about. And maybe when you're enjoying all these Christmas lights around you and you're seeing them and enjoying the decorations, why don't you pray that God's light will shine out of you this Christmas? That it be his light that shines out of you and, and brings light to other people. How could you be a really positive presence this Christmas? Christmas can be a difficult time. It can be a time when we're under pressure. But if God's light's within us, how can we be a light to the people around us? How can we show God's light and love? The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, he says this. He says, do not quench the spirit. And the imagery here is don't put out the fire of God's spirit within you. Don't do anything that's going to cause that flame to be quenched, to to dwindle or to go dim or to be extinguished. Just so you pour water on a fire or you just snuff out a candle. That's the imagery Paul is using here. He's saying, don't do that. Don't quench the activity of the spirit within you. It's like a flame that you are called to tend, just as the priests tended the menorah. And so how can you partner with that flame? That's within you. How can you tend it? The priests, Aaron and his sons, would have continually kept those reservoirs of oil filled, would have tended their wicks on those candles in the menorah to keep that flame burning brightly. So how can you tend the light of God within you? What can you do to keep that fire burning? I talked earlier, I didn't like about walking along the street and and looking into windows and seeing those illuminations shining out on a dark winter's night. Wouldn't it be great if people looked into the windows of your soul this Christmas and saw God's light shining out brightly? They looked into your eyes, they looked into your face, they looked into your life, and they saw the light of God shining out brightly because of that lamp that's within you burning brightly. So think about that this Christmas. How can you be a light in the darkness? How can you not only light up your homes with decorations and illuminations, but also light up your soul so you shine out to the people around you? The second way I think we can decorate 
our interior lives is with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. And the words on this decoration are based upon the principle of day and you. Day and you is a, a kind of prayer that's found in the Jewish Passover celebration. And it simply means to say to God, what you've given me and what you've done is enough. And it can be a prayer that we can use to thank God for the simplest things in our lives. The Jews use it to thank God for his faithfulness over the generations, time and time again, referring to what God's done in their past, saying, God, if you'd have just done this, it would have been enough. If you'd have just done this, it would have been enough. And that's the essence of this prayer. Gratitude, it turns what we have into enough. It breaks the pattern of consumerism. It breaks that pattern of wanting more and more. Often it's so prevalent at Christmas. Thanksgiving helps us to take what we have not for granted. It helps us to remember what God's done for us and what God's provided for us. Day after day, God gives us sunlight. He gives us air to breathe. He gives us sustenance. He gives us a place to live. He gives us food, water, shelter, warmth, all these things that are very present in our lives, but often we can take for granted because they're so, so evident, so, so permanent, we just forget they're there. We enjoy the company of family and friends, don't we? The rhythm of work and rest. So many other things we can say to God, day in you, it would have been enough if you'd have just done this. The Christmas culture tells you to get more and more stuff in your cupboards, doesn't it? Right now, you've got to stuff your cupboards full of food. Often we buy so many mince pies that I can never eat them, even in February. So <clears throat> I think this year we're going to slim back on that. But there's this, this push to buy more and more, to store more and more, to get more and more, because that's what's going to make a good Christmas for you. But we can partner with the true spirit of Christmas by giving thanks for what we already have. We can redirect our thanksgiving to God and say, God, for this one thing, it would have been enough to give you thanks and praise for this simple thing, for this one thing. You can decorate the walls of your hearts this year with thanksgiving as we come up to Christmas. And what this does, it reminds us, is not how much we have that brings us happiness. It's how much we appreciate what we have that brings our souls real contentment. How much we appreciate what we have. <clears throat> so why don't you turn to the person next to you for a moment and tell them one thing you are thankful for in your life at the moment. Okay. So a quick, quick survey. How many of... Put your hand up if the thing that you were thankful for was a thing. Okay. Like a thing, like an object or a, an item that you owned. Put your hand up if the thing you thanked something for was a person or a relationship. Isn't that fascinating? So what does that tell you about the important things in life? They're not things, are they? They don't tend to be things. They don't tend to be objects. They don't tend to be things that we buy <clears throat> or we own. It tends to be relationships, family, friends, people we love, people we journey with. And that's a really important thing to remember at Christmas, to remember that that's the real value. 
where the real value is, even though you know, there's lots of things being pushed on you that you need to buy or get or, or own. Appreciation of the people around us is such a powerful way to bring thanksgiving. And so as you decorate your homes this year with uh, all your Christmas decorations, maybe you could decorate your hearts at the same time with thanksgiving. Paul writes this in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul uses this lovely imagery of our interior life here. Sing and make music in your heart. In your interior life, you're singing in the room of your heart, giving thanksgiving to God. Your heart's full of song, full of music, full of thanks. And Paul reminds us that thanksgiving should be present continually in our lives. It should be something that's continually there in the interior rooms of our heart. And as we, as we give thanks, it reminds us and connects us with God. And it also reminds us of what is really valuable in life. As many of you have shown this morning, you gave thanks for people in your lives. And when you give thanks, it stops your mind and heart becoming darkened. It stops that, that darkening that can take place sometimes when things get on top of us and, and life gets hard. As we give thanks, it kind of lights up and illuminates our interior life again. It reminds us, though, even the season is dark and maybe circumstances are dark, Thanksgiving can like turn the lights on and decorate our interior lives. Our thinking doesn't have to follow the season. <laughs> our thinking doesn't have to follow the circumstance. We can turn the lights on in our interior life, particularly by using Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is really good for your mental health. It's really good for your mental well-being. It helps to restore peace and a sense of well-being and contentment to you as you practice it. So this Christmas, I want to really want to encourage you as we begin this season of Advent to really think about your interior life, to really think about how you're going to decorate it, how you're going to adorn it, how, how it's going to mirror all those decorations that are going on on the outside and around you. Take time to thank God. Take time to let that light shine out of your life. Take time to think about what you have rather than what you don't have. Let that bring you contentment. So in summary, guys, I want to just say we don't have to have this sacred secular schism at this time of year. We can enjoy all the celebrations, we can enjoy all the externals, but we can equally focus on our interior lives at the same time. The thing about your interior life is you can't delegate it to anybody else. You can't give it away to anybody else to do. You might have somebody in your family who is the person who decorates the tree because they like everything to be perfectly straight and the lights to be arranged in the right way. And... <laughs> I bought, I bought a pre-lit tree. It's a lot easier just to turn it on. Um, <laughs> can I clarify what's we've done? Then it's you that likes that. I think everyone guessed it was me, darling. Um, <laughs> so you might have somebody who does the decorations, does the lights, does things just so um, in your house, you know, puts up the outside lights because you don't fancy climbing up a ladder. Um, there might be things that, different roles that people do at this time of year in your family. But you can't give away 
the job of your interior life to anybody else. You can't, you can't delegate it. You can't give it away. You can abdicate it, which means you just don't tend to it. You choose not to do it. But if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. It's not going to get done. And so the only person that can tend to your interior life is you. So the, you need to think about how can you make time to do that in your schedule? How, how can you make time to do that in your life? Because no one else can come in and decorate the walls of your soul. No one else can come in and illuminate your heart. No one else can do that. The only person that can do that is you. That's the one job you have to do. Our interior lives are the one job we can't give away to anybody else. So whatever your role is this Christmas, whatever your speciality is, think about how you are going to decorate your interior life, how you're going to focus on your soul. Imagine someone comes along looking into the windows of your heart. What would you want them to see? What would you want to be shining out this Christmas? Jesus talked about the eyes being like the lamp of the soul. And uh, often when you look into someone's eyes, you get an idea of where they're at. Because your soul kind of shines out, doesn't it? And so what do you want shining out of your interior life this Christmas towards people? Because whatever you tend to in there, whatever you decorations you put up, whatever, you, whatever work you do, that's what will come shining out to the people around you. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.org.